Diamondbacks and Phillies, uh, they begin what should be another fun day of Major League Baseball uh, this afternoon, our time at uh, 2 o'clock. Out to the KDUS hotline we go, or just after 2 o'clock, to go around the Major League Baseball postseason and maybe a little more towards the end of time pending. Uh, we're joined by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always good to have you on the show. Uh, let's start with the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, a scheduled pitching matchup today. Aaron Nola, and, and Aaron Nola, he tried to say, and the Phillies, uh, they're heavy favorites back at home uh, in Philadelphia against the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly. Uh, what would be a likely blueprint if the Diamondbacks won today? Well, I think, you know, their their best hope is to maybe get to uh, Aaron Nola a little early. I, I think – We've seen in this series, you know, some of the effects of teams seeing pitchers several times. You know, this has been more of a factor with the relievers, I think. Uh, certainly the Diamondbacks didn't have any luck seeing Zach Wheeler a second time. That didn't seem to help at all. But, you know, you can hold out hope that maybe they, they see Aranola again, they have a bit of a better plan against him, and they can – get a few runs on the board early and make it a, a tighter game where their speed and defense can play up as it did in games three and four. Uh, you know, it, it basically, you know, you need a few things to go your way in a kind of unexpected way, like Alec Thomas hitting home runs. Geraldo Perdomo has had some good at-bats uh, in this series. So they need some unconventional contributor to come through, but, I think I think that's the formula is hoping that seeing Aaron Nola a second time really helps them get ahead. Are you there? Yeah, I'm not I'm entirely sure where Bob is at here right now, so let me uh, go ahead and put you on hold here, Zach, and then we will go to break while I try to uh, get Bob Kemp back here, who is on remote. So just one moment here. We good? Okay. I'm not sure what happened there, but we have returned. <laughs> Zach, you there? Sorry about that. Uh, I can hear you, yeah. Okay, what a wonderful thing. Uh, so, the most importantly, we can hear you. Uh, here we go. That's good. Uh, the, get into the, uh, the the Phillies. They have a playoff record, and uh, it, you know, their postseason history at Citizens Bank Park is the highest winning percentage of any team, 10 or more games. Which has been more significant for them, the home crowd or the last two years? It seems like Nolan and Wheeler are starting the majority of these home games. Yeah, I think uh, as well, well, we'll probably mention them a little bit. Uh, home field advantage can be a little tricky, as we've seen in the ALCS, that no, yeah. no home team has won. So I'm a little hesitant to chalk it up entirely to home field advantage. Uh, you know, I have been in Philly for these games, and I can confirm it is a raucous, crazy atmosphere. Uh, but I, I do think you have to look at the starting pitching and the fact that they have both been pitching really well wherever they've been, and 
they have, as you mentioned, mostly been starting in Citizens Bank, which gives the Phillies a huge advantage. Uh, I also think that the Phillies hitters hit well at home. I don't know whether that's a comfort thing, a comfort with the batter's eye. Certainly, Schwarber and Harper like to tee off into that right field uh, bleacher section. So, I, I wouldn't chalk it up entirely to home field advantage. I think the Phillies are playing really well here, and as you mentioned, a lot of the circumstances set up to where they often have their best players uh, on the mound at home. So uh, I think they're just a good team and the home field advantage is a, a little bit of a cherry on top. Are the current Phillies, this year's Phillies, are they a better team than one that pushed the Astros to, to the brink in the 2022 world series? Yes, I think they are. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say a couple things are different. One, Trey Turner is on this team, which is a pretty big addition and he's playing really well right now. Two, they changed their defense around once they got Bryce Harper back at first base, uh, back at first base. Once he moved to first base, when he got back from his injury, that freed them up to make Kyle Schwarber a DH instead of a left fielder. And that allowed Johan Rojas, the, the young center fielder, to take over and push Brandon Marsh to left. And when you combine Marsh and Rojas in the outfield instead of what they had been running, it's uh, a huge improvement defensively, and that has made them a more well-rounded team. The The last factor I'd say is I think their bullpen is more settled. Uh, it's obviously had a few issues the last couple days with Craig Kimbrell and Orion Kirkering uh, losing the strike zone, but overall I think Rob Thompson has a better grasp on who he's trusting and has a deeper bench to pull from and relief pitchers. Back to the Diamondbacks here. What what has stood out the most during their current, I think it's safe to say, surprising run in this postseason? You know, I I think it's just the the way the offense has managed to have moments and get it done with young players. Uh, you know, we mentioned Alec Thomas hitting some big home runs. I think Gabriel Moreno has been terrific, even playing through several injury scares. He's hitting a lot of line drives, and, and that has to be really encouraging for the Diamondbacks going forward. And I will say a, a lot of people, myself included, coming into the playoffs thought the Diamondbacks would only succeed by kind of getting on base and running and adding pressure with their legs. And that hasn't really been the biggest part of their game. Uh, you know, memorably, Corbin Carroll has been on Let's first base to lead off innings several yeah. times and hasn't run. Uh, so they've done it in different ways, and I think the offense overall has, uh, you know, struggled at times against the best competition. But I think it's been pretty promising to see so many of their young guys uh, hit well enough in the playoffs. All right. So whenever this season for the Diamondbacks, whether it's, you know, today or tomorrow, I Looks like hear Bob's her. connection Bob. is coming in and out just a bit here. So, uh, Zach, I'll have a question. Looks like uh, Bob's connection is coming in and out here just a little bit, so we'll try to get him back here shortly. Uh, Zach, a question for you, you know, just about the Diamondbacks and, uh, you know, what they need to do here with Merrill Kelly on the mound today. Yeah, I, I think the Diamondbacks have started to uh, kind of work on this, but they really need to keep the Phillies hitters off balance. Uh, you know, that's hard to do. The Phillies hitters aren't necessarily sitting on fastball or any one specific thing. Their philosophy is pretty 
see ball, hit ball, and they're looking for certain areas of the zone and just kind of keeping their eyes open for pitches they can crush. But I, I think it would behoove the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly to work with some pitches that are maybe unexpected. Uh, I think he could use his breaking balls and his cutter a little bit more to uh, keep them off balance and counts, but it, it's tough. This is a really good lineup. Getting through it several times without encountering uh, a hiccup is, is pretty difficult. Okay, let me try this again. Whenever the Diamondback season ends, whether it's today, tomorrow, or after the World Series, uh, you know, Mike Hazen, what what does he need to do or try? What's he need to emphasize to try to improve this team heading into next season? I think the the big thing for the Diamondbacks is to start building up pitching depth. Uh, you know, obviously Brandon Fott's performance was super encouraging uh, in Game Three. I wouldn't be surprised if the Diamondbacks look to either make some trades or maybe shop in the middle level of the free agent market to add a third, you know, really reliable starter to this mix alongside Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly, and Fod. You know, maybe they find another starter in their minor league ranks who's ready to go, although I, I wouldn't say that they're flush with ready-to-go talent, uh, surefire talent in that area right now. So I think that's the biggest thing. Their position player group is pretty strong. You're going to see a little bit of turnover there. I don't think they're going to go into next season with Evan Longoria and Emmanuel Rivera as the main options necessarily at third base. But I think the bigger thing to kind of keep this group growing would be to add another reliable starting pitcher. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports, currently in the sports zone. All right, let's flip this to the American League. The road team has won all six games of this Astros and Rangers series. Any theories as to why this has happened? <laughs> no. I mean, the Astros actually have not been great at home all year. So on that particular front, I guess that at least traps logically. Uh, the Rangers didn't have any weirdness with that, so I, I guess it's just the Astros kicked it into gear when they got away from Houston, but I've, I've read a lot about the, the theories on why the Astros haven't been good at home this year, and I, you know, none of them are that persuasive. I, I think they had some concerns about the batter's eye being a little funky, but I, I think it's just sort of a fluke. I'm, I'm not sure what you can make of it other than, uh, you know, weirdness since this team is, is good everywhere else and has been good at home in the past. Uh, I certainly wouldn't, you know, base my theory of what's going to happen in game seven around the fact that no home team has won. Yeah. You know, how much of this, you know, they made a big deal about the, the batter's eye thing. Is this like a mental block for them at this point? It could be. It, it's clearly something they're thinking about talking about whether it, you know, reporters are asking them about it and they're thinking about it because of that, or, uh, you know, they're thinking about it themselves, but it's, it's a season-long trend. You know, you can't really get around the fact that they were below 500 at home, which is wild for a team that won the division and has been very successful for many years and has not usually had this particular issue. So uh, it, it's certainly something that they have to be thinking about. Uh, and I will note that the, the Astros did actually lose all of their games at home in the 2019 World Series that went to Game 7. So uh, it's sort of a weird phenomenon that 
this is the first time it's happened over a full season, but they did have it happen in that playoff series before. Uh, all this being said for both of us, the pitching matchup would seem to favor the home team tonight. Christian Javier, who's obviously had postseason post success the last couple of years against Max Scherzer, who is pitching for the second time since September the 9th. Uh, let's start with the Rangers side of things. How should Bruce Bochy deal with Scherzer? Uh, because he, you know, not, obviously he's, he's not built up to pitch long into the game, even if he's pitching well. Yeah, I mean, a game seven situation, you would you would have length guys ready in the bullpen and on call to warm up at a moment's notice anyway. Uh, I think that's going to be doubly true for the Rangers tonight. They just need to have a short leash and be ready to get guys up and make a move if Scherzer turns out to be laboring or not have his command, whatever it may be. The, the Astros lineup is too good, especially at the top, to take too many chances. You know, I, I wouldn't be stunned if it's not uh, going pristinely. I wouldn't be stunned if Max Scherzer goes once through the order and they try a new pitcher for the second time through the order. You really don't want to give Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez any more edge than they already have. So I, I'd be pretty quick to sub out a pitcher for every new time through the order or even shorter stints. Any suggestions of who should be first out of the bullpen if they obviously let's just assume that Scherzer isn't pitching lengthy into this game. So who should be you know out of the pen first for Texas? Yeah, it's tough. It depends a little bit on uh, where they are in the lineup when when this goes down. But I, I would not be surprised to see them try a left-hander next, just to kind of shuffle up the looks that uh, the Astros are getting. All right, Brian Abreu's appeal for the two-game suspension apparently will be decided today. Should Major League Baseball have taken care of this before game six? Well, I, they did take care of the uh, suspension part, but with the appeal, you're obviously going to have to have a little bit of time to make that happen. I, I do think that it's uh, – you could make the case that they should just wait till after the season and, and make it a suspension for the beginning of next season. Uh, I'm sure the Rangers disagree and think that he should be suspended immediately. So it's a tough needle to thread. I think especially in these cases where you're trying to judge intent on a hit-by-pitch, there's really no great avenue for that that's going to feel just to everyone uh, I, I do think that's a pretty tight turnaround for the Astros to not know whether they have who's the guy who's really been their best reliever uh, for the for Game Seven. But I, you know, I, I don't know exactly how Major League Baseball could have expedited this a lot more. I, I think the options were either the way they're doing it or just hold the proceedings, but the suspension doesn't happen until the next season. So let's assume that Abreu is not available tonight. Then how should Dusty Baker address his bullpen? Well, uh, I think you're going to see guys push to, you know, they already used a lot of their relievers last night. I, I think you might see Ryan Presley ask for a little bit more. Maybe Hector Neris asked for a little bit more. So that would be the, the top option. Uh, I do wonder if there's anyone available, whether it's uh, 
if there's anyone else available who might be a starter, <laughs> would they ask for a lander for an inning? I don't think they would. Uh, he's a little bit old for that. But if push comes to shove and they're down a man, I, you know, you have to consider all options in a game seven. Talking with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Hopefully, uh, I think the best thing for the world in general and baseball, obviously, is if uh, we have two games like we did on Friday. Uh, how fun was Friday? <laughs> Oh, it was wild. I mean, I, I was at the uh, Diamondbacks Philly series. I've been following that. So, we, you know, we were all sitting in the, the press box watching the Astros-Rangers uh, situation right up until first pitch, and then we got our own really wild game. So uh, that was a, a tremendous day, and it was a, you know, it felt like a total – turnaround from the first few weeks of this postseason where there weren't right. any lead changes, there weren't many shifts and turns in the series, and then it kind of all exploded in one day to be, uh, you know, everything has been kind of raucous and topsy-turvy since then. So that, that felt like the uh, the instigator of this whole postseason. Yeah, that was finally, we get some drama. It was great. Hopefully we'll have more drama today. One other quick item away from the playoffs uh, former Diamondbacks manager Bob Melvin's received permission by the Padres to interview with the Giants. Should we assume that Melvin is going to be the Giants' next manager? I think all signs point to that. Uh, it would be a pretty odd uh, request to make if you if you weren't going to be the leading candidate. I, I think there's, you know. A lot of reporting has said that Melvin and A.J. Preller, the Padres' uh, general manager, did not really see eye-to-eye, didn't necessarily work well together. And if Melvin is thinking he'd like to find a new situation, he has been in the Bay Area before, has always kind of been a West Coast manager, and that seems uh, like a landing spot he would go for. Uh, he, he also, I should mention, has worked with Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president right. of baseball operations before they, they were in Oakland together. So he at least knows the personality he'd be going into with that. So it, it seems like that is, uh, you know, if nothing goes awry in the process, I would expect that he will be the Giants manager. All right, Zach, always good talking to you. Sorry about the, the, uh, the blips a couple times from this in, but uh, we made it through. So there we go. <laughs> no problem. We got it done. All right. Thank you very much. As always have fun. Thank you for having me. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Read all his stuff.